You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, joined yet again by DJ Brown. And we have a super sexy episode for everybody today. Um, And it is super sexy for no reason other than our guest, of course. Isn't that right, Deej? (laughs) Oh yeah, uh, this is our uh, another repeat guest for you guys. So you're in for a real treat. We got Aaron Maybon with us once again. Uh, so you're gonna get to hear that super sexy Southern accent once more. Um, but I'm actually really excited about today's episode because this is a a topic that I've been interested in for a while, but just have not gotten around to uh, you know diving into because of you know my own personal finances and that kind of stuff, getting those things in order. But today we're going to be talking about uh, college savings and 529 plans and all sorts of fun stuff like that and how to kind of set our kids up for success in the future. And um, But yeah, we're looking forward to having you back, Aaron. I mean, for those of you who haven't listened to episode two of Stocks and Sandals, Aaron was on that episode talking about setting goals and um, probably one of our most important episodes uh just because of how foundationally important it is so welcome back dude thank you i feel like you must uh be really scraping the bottom of the barrel if you if you've had to come back to me but i appreciate <laughs> the uh, the opportunity to be here again guys <laughs> yeah full disclosure we are uh, we're running out of guests so <laughs> we're just coming back to the beginning no <laughs> yeah you are our first guest and this is probably our last episode so you're also our <laughs> last guest <laughs> full circle yeah so. <laughs> Uh, but for those of you who have not listened to episode two, Aaron, just take a, another minute or so to, you know, kind of tell the people about yourself one more time and remind them uh, how awesome you are and all that kind of fun stuff. Thanks, DJ. Uh, so I'm Aaron Maybon. I live down here in Greenville, Georgia. Uh, have an office in LaGrange, which is about an hour south of Atlanta. I'm a small business owner. Uh, I have a business partner. that We own True North Investments 50-50 and been in the financial service industry for about a decade and work primarily with entrepreneurs, small business owners, young professionals, and retirees and help put the put a financial plan together for them. And, you know, if there's anyone on your podcast that needs some help with that, give me a shout. For sure. For sure. And uh, also, if you were on our second episode, you already know this, but Aaron and I kind of grew up together. He's a he's older than I am, but, uh, you know, my dad babysat him and stuff. And so we we joke about, you know, how amazing it is that you're still alive and still around. So that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is all feeling like deja vu here. I could probably just uh, clip in the uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just of our last episode. <laughs> yeah, just like start it over, you know, like take the yeah. last intro and we'll just do the same thing. <laughs> but um but mike you didn't have covid the last time around true true yeah this uh 
this episode's all about me and my COVID, I guess. Um, no, yeah. I, uh, I do have it. I blame my roommate. I hold him fully, fully responsible. Um, yeah, been in quarantine for about a week. Um, it's been pretty, uh, boring. So, I mean, like it's, it, you've lost your, your taste officially, right? Yeah. And it's super weird because, you know, like I'll get the, a, like a pretty bad cold, like a head cold in the winter usually, and I'll lose my smell and taste then, but it's like, you know, you're congested. Like right now I'm totally fine. Like I can breathe normal, like through my nose and everything, but it's just, I don't know. Like I can't taste or smell anything. It's weird. The food that you eat doesn't have any taste to it anyways, though. So you eat like a rabbit. No, I was like, no, I, I don't eat like a rat. I eat like a big old rabbit, if that's true. But, uh, um, a boring no, big I, old uh, rabbit. I try, yeah, I try to eat pretty healthy. Um, so like all my chicken is really bland and everything. Um, so I was joking with my friends, like it's kind of going to be nice for me, honestly, because it's just going to give me a break from all of the... <laughs> crappy tasting food i eat yeah i was gonna say uh if i get one symptom from covid like if i catch it i want it to be that i lose my taste so i can lose weight easily you know like because i'm like <laughs> if i can't taste it i mean i'll just eat a salad every meal you know but yeah if i can uh, taste it that's not happening yeah it's really bad timing because thanksgiving is in like a couple days so i'll be pretty mm-hmm. pretty salty mm-hmm. if i can't you know do that yeah, you're gonna, that would you're be gonna, a bummer. You're going to get a bunch of frozen dinners, stick them in the, <laughs> some helpings. You're like, well, when I get my taste back, I can go back. Yeah, yeah I'm just yeah. going to eat like uh, bread and macaroni or something for Thanksgiving and just freeze everything. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of meal anyways, carbs. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, enough with the jibber jabber. Let's get into the content here because um, we got a lot to cover and and I want to get a lot of questions answered here. So, Aaron, um, can you just kind of start out by explaining a little bit more about like what a five twenty nine plan is? If there are any alternatives, like just kind of dive into the basics, and then we'll kind of ask questions from there. Sure. So a 529 plan is just a college savings plan. There are, I guess, technically two types that kind of fall under this category. One that isn't used as often would be almost like prepaying tuition. Uh, That type of plan where it's not really an investment perspective or, or component, excuse me, but you are putting money into uh, like a state plan where you are getting maybe a fixed tuition price that you're putting money toward kind of keep up with inflation type of thing. Not many people really use that. Most what, what people look to do is um, with 529s. So they are state sponsored. Each state has its own 529. They, uh, the money is after tax. It's not tax deductible other than state. Some states allow for, your contributions to be tax deductible for on your state income. So there, there is that. And then um, typically you can use mutual funds or index funds with the plans. 
So it, you cannot use stocks or individual securities. It's usually going to be mutual funds or index funds. As long as the money is used for education, then you pay no taxes on the, when you take the money out on the growth and that type of thing. So um, I think one way that many people look at it is like a Roth educational account. So it's after-tax dollars, gross tax-deferred, and then you take it out. As long as you use it for education, it's tax-free. So that's, that's the basic gist. So um, you said that you know each state has a uh, five twenty nine. They're like state sponsored things. So I'm you know out here in beautiful Iowa. You know what if I get a five twenty nine plan for my hypothetical child and they want to go like out of state for for school? Like how does that work? So there's no problem. You can go to any state you want, but because they're state sponsored, they're just certain limitations. For example, I was looking this up the other day. So I learned something I didn't know. California has the highest limit for the amount for one child you can put into a 529, which is if you have this line around, just a cool $529,000 is the, is the <laughs> max you can put in there. So uh, if you have that amount. Easy. Easy, right. <laughs> Jump chains. And then Georgia actually, I didn't know this, had has the lowest in the nation uh, at 235,000, which hmm. is, you know, even, even, you know, more chump change. Um, <laughs> so some of those, so Mike, to your, uh, to your question, some of those types of things are the difference uh, depending on the state you reside in and then the tax benefits, again, the state you reside in, but from the standpoint of which one you can use, you can use a lot. Georgia, for example, is sponsored through the, the state. So you couldn't go through a broker or uh, an investment advisor to open that account. Whereas, as an example, the state of Virginia, the state of Ohio, and I think West Virginia are three that advisors can sell that they can help you with, but a lot of them are through that state. So you can go to that state's website, but you do not have to live in that state. It is transfer. I say transferable. You can, you can use it across state lines. There are a couple technical exceptions with some states where I think Alabama, just because it's proximity to Georgia, I know this, you, if you get the tax break in Alabama and then you decide to go to school in Georgia, it may um, disqualify some of that tax, the tax perspective, but by and large, yeah, you can use it wherever you want. There's, there's no issue there. Cool. So, um, like, are there other alternatives to 529 plans that kind of do the same thing? Or is it just like, if I don't want a 529 plan, I can just do like a Roth IRA or like, I mean, what, are there any other like specific, like, I guess, vehicles for college savings and out there like as an option? When I talk to clients about this, one of the first questions I bring up is, who do you want to control the asset? And that's really where I think the question lies as it pertains to your answer. So very specifically, education-type accounts, there's really two. There's the 529, and then there's something called a Coverdell Education Savings Account which I'll plug the state of Georgia. That's for, I think it was Senator Coverdale years ago. He, he helped push this through, and I guess they stuck his name on it. 
this used to be a way, especially for uh, before college, uh, you could put money back for, for example, for private school, uh, for uh, primary or secondary school. Um, and it's $2,000 a year. And so it used to be kind of popular because it could be used before college. Um, and then it could be invested in things outside of just mutual funds. It could, could, you could actually have individual stocks and, and that type of thing in there. But they've, they've really fallen out of favor because the limits are so low. And now within the last, I think it's two years, for 529s, they allow up to, I think it's $10,000 a year can be used for uh, private institutions. Um, so it, it kind of cuts out the Coverdale. But those are the only two specifically that I'm aware of for college savings. Now, if you're looking for money to put back for your child that can be used for college or something else, then you have some other options. It could be things like a custodial account, like an UGMA or UTMA account, which is Unified Gift to Minors account or Unified Trust to Minors account, which is a way to have money you've put back for a child where you are controlling it until they reach the age of majority. And you've got a lot of autonomy as it pertains to how that money is invested instead of just mutual funds and index funds like a 529. You can use individual stocks. A lot of other options are available to you. So um, as far as it relates specifically to like a 529 plan, um, do you have to have a kid to start one? Like, so for me, like I just turned 30, like I feel like I'm getting pretty old and I would like to help like my child with college at some point, but you know, I don't have one yet, but I'd also like to, you know, capitalize on like that compounding interest factor of it. So is a 529 like something I could look into as someone that doesn't have a child or would one of those other options be like something I would have to look into? Excellent question, Mike. Yeah. So that's the cool thing. Um, you can actually open a 529 for yourself and you can fund it. And then down the road, if you have children or if you never have children, you can change who the beneficial owner is to someone else. So one of the good things about a 529 is you keep control of that asset. So Mike is the owner. And then there's a beneficial owner. So if it's a child, like my son, Luke, or my daughter, Harper, they would be the beneficial owner of the 529. But if they were messing around and I didn't like what they're doing with their life, I could change that to someone else. And as long as it is a relative, you can move it into their name. So to your point, absolutely, you could, you could start that. Down the road, you could make the decision do I keep it in my name for whatever grad school or is there a niece, nephew, cousin, whomever that you want to change that to? So that flexibility is there and, and quite useful from that perspective. So Mike, uh, you should start one and then like, I won't. And then like, you could just adopt my kids when they're 18 and you could just <laughs> give it to them and then we'll be like, we'll be good. You know what I mean? 
Great um, idea. That's actually why I was asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that you'll only want to adopt Paisley and not Jack, but that's okay. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, by the time they're 18, I'll probably want Jack instead of Paisley. Yeah, that's true. She's going to yeah. be trouble when she's a teenager. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So how do you get one of these? I mean, is it just like through any broker? Do you have to go through like a specific like website? I mean, do you have to go through like your state's website? What do you, how do you get one? You can absolutely go through a broker. Like I mentioned, there are a few states that have plans. For example, BlackRock. Uh, let me think. Virginia's plan is through American funds. BlackRock's plan, I think, is New Jersey's. They're the ones that run it. Um, Putnam, I think, is Ohio. Ohio. I may be wrong. But anyway, there's some that that are through brokers that you can absolutely use whomever you would want to work with. Um, But then there's some that are through the state. Like I mentioned, Georgia does not have that option, like I mentioned, through a broker. So you go to the state's website, Georgia 529 plan. Uh, Georgia's specific plan is called Path to College. Each state has their own, and you would go to that website, and you many of them have where you can uh, get the application completed electronically online and then set up a, a bank draft or whatever works for you. A lot of them you can start as little as $50, $25 a month, and then you're kind of off and running. They, some of them have target date funds, so as the child gets closer to the age they'd be going to school, they get more conservative some of them give you the options to choose your investments. And there's a lot of websites that kind of compare different ones from performance and fees and ease of setup and you can kind of compare them. And they always change who's kind of the, the best state, but there's a lot of options available. The only reason you might consider your specific state, as I mentioned earlier, there, depending on the state, there could be some tax advantages that would not be available to you if you use another state's plan. Gotcha. So, um, um, sorry, Mike, real quick. Uh, like, you mentioned that like they can go, so 529 can only be used for college, right? And you said the covered Dell can be used for like elementary, middle school, and high school and stuff like that. Is that correct? So that was the case until like two years ago. And then that's, that's what changed where you can spend 10, 000, up to $10,000. I think it's a year. Yeah, up to $10,000 per beneficiary uh, for tuition in connection with uh, private, religious, or public primary or secondary school. That used to not be the case. That's why people would consider Coverdale's but now you can spend up to $10,000 for those things. So it's not just college anymore. That, that's that been a more recent law change. Got it. Thank you for the clarification. Um, so what all does a 529 cover, like as far as expenses? Like will that cover on school housing or, you know, like food plans and stuff like that? Or is it more strictly like books or a computer or, you know, like what all's covered in it? Good question. It, it depends. There are kind of the way I describe it is there are some absolute yeses and some pretty absolute no's. And then there's some, some gray area where it, it, it's, I guess, a little bit up for debate, but, but some common 
areas that are absolutely okay. Enrollment fees, tuition, certain room and board on campus, certain rent and food utility bills off campus. Like I mentioned, the $10,000 for school for before college. Computers typically are okay. Internet, okay. Those are usually things that are pretty cut and dried. Also, books, supplies are, are typically okay. Some of the things that would not be uh, travel expenses, let's say you, you were sending a child out of state, flights or gas, not, not going to be covered, health insurance while in school, uh, entrance exam fees, personal living expenses, as you might imagine, not going to be covered. So a lot of things are covered. But there are some some areas that are a little bit more gray. Now, is that something that would just be like tracked on? Like, if, I mean, it's almost like the honor system unless you get audited type thing. I mean, like, because you can, it's just what you get, like a card, kind of like an HSA or something. You just get like a card and you can use it as like a, a debit card and then you just got to track it. And then if you ever get audited, you know, you get screwed over if you tried to use it on stuff that wasn't qualified or or how does that work? Like, how do they track exactly what that stuff is going towards. So my understanding is you you are to keep receipts. Most clients of ours, when they request money, they usually have two options. I, I talk through both. One is they can actually have the money sent to them, a check, and they can deposit it and then write the checks, more like a reimbursement. Or they can send the money directly to the college for tuition. At the end of the day, Though you're exactly right, the honor system, I do not think anything is necessarily reported to the IRS, but if you were to be audited, you would have to prove it. And yes, it would get very bad for you if, if you were unable to substantiate your claims. So having it sent to the college directly could, could absolutely take care of that issue. Um, however, a lot of times I tell clients to have the money sent to them because that puts them in control of sending the money out. Because I have had cases where money gets to ABC college or university and it's really hard for them to track your 8,000 or $10,000 if it's not put in a memo or something like that. And, and then you have to go through this rigmarole of trying to prove that, no, 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 I sent you that money. Um, so I like the idea of, of the parent, kind of getting the money and then they can control the receipts, the, the check stubs, et cetera. So that kind of leads me to my next question. I think you kind of just answered it, but uh, kind of a two part question. So the first part is like once that your kid turns 18 or graduates or whatever, like that money doesn't automatically transfer to them or does it? Does that like stay in the parent's name? Yes, it stays in the parent's name. It is theirs to do with it how they see fit. Okay. Forever. So the second part of that question is like, I think I know the answer because I think you kind of alluded to it again earlier, but... You're about to ask my next question. <laughs> too bad. Uh, <laughs> if your kid like is uh, like chooses, they want to go to... Also, I guess, well, this is the second question. D can it work for trade school too? Or does it have to be like a university or like a like a state school or something like that. They can go to trade school too. They can go to trade school. They can go to culinary school. They can go to grad school. Any sort of advanced education, basically. Right. Uh, 
you can use it for registered and certified apprenticeship programs. A lot of flexibility there. But yeah, but to your point about the, the ownership, that, that's, a big, that's a big piece because if there is money left over, it doesn't become theirs. If you had more than one child, I've seen people will, where they will take the oldest child and put all the money in a 529 for the, the oldest. And then what's not used, they can change the owner the, or the beneficial owner, I should say, to the chi- the other, the younger child, and then kind of roll it downhill, if you will. Sounds like a crappy end to the stick deal for the for the kid <laughs> that, that sounds, gets like that sounds like Jack's future. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Should have been the firstborn. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sucker should have done better, man. Um. So what if? And I think DJ almost asked this question, but didn't. So I'm did. gonna jump in and snag it real quick but uh what if what if you're you know you you get a plan 529 plan and your kid decides you know they never want to go to school like i don't have any relatives i want to give it to like i don't have any education i want to pursue like if there's nothing i can figure out to use it on like at that point can i get money back or like do i have to donate it some like at that point or like what are options if for whatever reason or you know like you said there's money left over and you don't have anyone else to leave it to like what does that look like so the money that you put in let let's say you put in ten thousand dollars and let's say it grew by five thousand dollars to a total of fifteen thousand and you decided, I want all that money. The 10000 you originally put in, you can get back no problem. On the 5000 that you have not paid tax on, you have to pay tax on that, plus 10% on that gain of 5000 if you're following me. So not on the whole fifteen, but on the gain, you have to pay the tax on the gain, and then a 10% penalty. Is that a capital gains tax? Or is that just like something separate? I'm not 100% sure. I think, uh, I'm just going to say I'm not not sure. I'm not a tax expert. We'll leave it there, Mike. Okay. I, I don't want to okay. get myself in Sorry. trouble. But, but, uh, How dare you not know every answer, Aaron? <laughs> How dare you? You can blame me for asking such an excellent question. I apologize. <laughs> it's an excellent so question for a CPA. <laughs> Yeah, so advanced, man. All right. Um, so, okay, I have a kind of a hypothetical situ- or question. So, let's say Paisley earns a scholarship. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, we don't need that money, but we she's still going to school. Do you still get penalized for that, like to take it out and use it for something else, or how does that look? So, you're saying, is is there a way? Are you penalizing that you can't use all the money? Is that what you mean? So like if 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 she earns a scholarship, let's say she gets a $20,000 scholarship, right? And I've got $100,000 in in my account, okay? And now let's say like we only need, you know, the other 80, right? But the 20 we don't need because she got a scholarship for it. Can I withdraw that penalty free because she earned a scholarship? Or is that something like in the same 
situation like it would be like you'd have to pay the taxes and the penalties and the fees and all that kind of stuff i don't know of any crediting system uh dj to that point v- depending on the scholarship i guess it would be possible that they could that your child could paisley could earn money to go to school instead of them using that money toward tuition i think it would depend on the scholarship specifically but i do not know of a provision that says since you have a scholarship then you are allowed to take the money you don't need out the most practical use that I've seen people do is just change the owner to someone else. And then if there was no one else, like Mike mentioned, then you could take it out and pay the penalty if there's any earnings on the, on what's left. Um, can you, you said earlier that you would have to give it to like a niece or relative or something. Is there a way to like donate it to somebody that is not related to you? There goes Mike again. Um, his questions. <laughs> so this is how I think it reads. Members of the designated beneficiaries, immediate or extended family. So I don't know of a way to, there might be a way that I'm unaware of, Mike, but um, typically it has to be a family member. And then like, okay, so my next question is like, so there's all these like rules around this, right? And, and like, if you don't use it for this, you have to this or whatever. I get the benefit of it, like the tax-free, you know, dollars and then, you know, get to withdraw it tax-free and all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess, like, are there alternative, like, options that you might recommend to a client that, like, has the intention of, you know, saving for college but isn't sure that's what they want to use that money for down the road? So, like, would it be better to take that money and just put it in a Roth IRA or would it be, like, better to invest it differently with just like kind of the similar benefits, but maybe that plan, but like not necessarily locking yourself down to like this has to be used for school. Yeah, I think there's some good options. Let's start with Roth IRA first. The only problem with the Roth IRA is there has to be earned income. So unless you have a child actor or actress, they're not going to earn a wage at five. Allowances don't count. Jack's going to be a bodybuilder at age five, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or Dude, a, like a UFC fighter MMA fighter yeah. <laughs> yeah he's just gonna like just be a destroyer of worlds in like two years so <laughs> well if he needs a financial advisor I've got his back <laughs> there you go <laughs> um, I think I need a life insurance plan for myself more than I need him <laughs> to have a financial advisor <laughs> that's funny um so for like a 15-year-old, 16, 17-year-old, that would be an awesome uh, way to put some money back that would be for them, uh, depending on how much money they earn. So with the Roth IRA, IRA, you can only contribute to either the lesser of the annual max, currently $6,000 if you're under 50, or what you've earned that year. So let's say you had a part-time job at 16 and you earned two grand. You could put two grand in that year in a Roth IRA. And and I think that would be an awesome opportunity for that young person. It has to be a custodial IRA because they're not of of age of majority yet. But once they get to 18 or 21, depending on your state, then it becomes their asset and they can do with it what they want. One of the neat things though is, let's say you earn gross $2,000. You can still put $2,000 in the Roth, even though obviously after tax dollars, it wouldn't be 2000 Plus, it does not have to come from the, the child. 
if mom and dad want to take $2,000 out of their own pocket and put it in there for the child, they can. But the requirement is they have to have a wage, 1099 W-2. Obviously, that can be limiting for some if they don't have a job. But that, is, that would be a great place to go. And all the investment options are on the table with a Roth IRA. Another idea that I mentioned earlier is the UTMA or UGMA account, United Trust Miners account or United Gift Miners account. The, the, we'll start with the disadvantage. The disadvantage is once they get old enough, 18, 21, it is their asset. So the parent cannot stop that from happening. Once they get to that age, it is their money, no matter the circumstances. If they want to take the money out and go buy a Corvette, they can go buy a Corvette. Mom and dad can't do anything about it. Whereas, for example, with the 529, they have some control over that asset. There's no real limit to what you can put in an UTMA or UGMA, but you, you do have the tax. Um, you can run in some tax consequences because of the gift tax. So that's currently $15,000 a year per parent, for example. So $30,000 per child. Um, and, and you would not have to incur any uh, gift tax. And that can be invested again. However, it would be controlled by the, by the parent until the child reaches the age of majority and then it becomes their asset. So that's a good option if you want some flexibility outside of education. Maybe you wanted to put some money back and have it grow for a down payment on their first home or, or for a wedding, et cetera. That could be something to consider. I'm trying to think. Oh, another thing I've seen people do is they'll just open a brokerage account in the parent's name and kind of earmark it in their mind's eye for the child. So maybe it's earmarked for Paisley, but on the account registration, it says DJ Brown. And they, in their mind's eye, they're like, this will one day be theirs. And they manage it that way, but they keep control of it because it stays in their name. That would be also another kind of way I've seen it done. Those are the most common ways. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel like right now, what I'm doing with my Robinhood account. I mean, I, I know it's not necessarily ideal and I'm not very good at it, but like I've put in money and like taken some, you know, like money that I would put into savings and stuff like that for them. And I'm kind of, you know, trying to grow it that way and learn at the same time. But it's not like, you know, I'm taking all of their their money and, you know, losing it. <laughs> that's why I'm, you know, learning right. all this stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. So. Thank you. Um, I, I have two just quick, more clarifying questions, really. Um, one is, is there a limit on how much you can put into a 529? Or can you just put as much money in there as you want? It depends on the state, on the aggregate number. And that's, that's what I mentioned earlier about California. You could put up, if you live in California, up to 529,000. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. My bad. Um, and then my, my second question is, you said that earlier that, you know, a lot of people get a 529 plan for their oldest and then like whatever's left, they'll give to their next child or whatever. Is Are you able to get one on each? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And each owner can have one for each child. For example, if you wanted to, you and your spouse could each have a 529 for each of the children and each of the grandparents uh, can have a 529 for each of the grandkids. Gotcha. So those, uh, so those people in California could really stack up to like 
a little over a million dollars per per kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and a lot of really really wealthy people will kind of do some of that kind of stuff where they. I mean, I haven't none of my clients guys, but I hear <laughs> I hear of such out there. None of our guests either. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Um, right. But yeah, d- definitely, definitely have some options there. And then another thing, just more on a practical perspective, one of the things that I've done with my in-laws and my parents or the grandchildren is instead of just buying them a bunch of toys, they can contribute to the, the 529 as well. Uh, and they don't have to open their own. They can just contribute to the one that's already open. They basically just figure out how to how to make the check payable, write the account number on it, send it in. So birthdays, Christmases, it's a great way to kind of help fund that future account. Gotcha. Cool. I have uh, one quick question and then maybe one that might take a little more of an explanation. But the first one is just like, can this be something that you set up with direct deposit, like from like your work paycheck? You should be able to. I know the one I've got with the state of Georgia, it's... It comes out of my checking account. It's not direct deposit from my work payroll, but it's it goes in your account and then back right out of your account type of thing. So exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. And then the other question is um like how does so like let's say you save up the five hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars or whatever for your kid in California. Uh and maybe it's different but based on the state, but how does that affect like your FAFSA and like your eligibility for um, like student loans and stuff like that. Cause I know, I know it's kind of like a controversial thing. Like if you don't need student loans, you shouldn't be taking them because people that do need them, blah, blah, blah. But like, okay, I, my kid shouldn't necessarily be penalized either because I've saved up money for them. So how does that look like from a financial aid FAFSA standpoint? Great question. Um, so when you, when we talked about the UTMA and UGMAs and the 529s, they're actually looked at differently from a financial aid perspective. So for the 529 plans, they are typically reported on their parent as, as the parent's asset. And so they don't reduce uh, the aid as much as the UTMA and UGMAs. Um, so the, the, the information I found on that specific question, DJ, was the 529 reduces aid by whereas the money that's in the UTMAs and UGMAs, because it becomes the kids, it is the kids' asset, it's 20% is the reduction. So that would be a consideration, too, is for the FAFSA that the more efficient way would be through the 529. Okay, cool. Man, this is a lot to take in, and I feel like that's – I know them a lot better now than I did. <laughs> I'm glad we did this episode. I think the our dad's uh, group is going to eat this one up for sure. I think this is a big topic of discussion. Yeah, I think so too. We're kind of on like a dad train here. I mean, we're we're a podcast towards dads, but like our la- this episode and our last episode are both like pretty heavily geared towards dad stuff. Yeah, but I mean, like we're still talking about investing and stuff, so it's all it, it's all full circle. Yeah. It's right. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a, we're, you know, we just talk about whatever we want really at this point. Like if you guys want to keep listening, awesome. If not, I just want to learn stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm going to pick what I want to learn about, you know, we should do our next episode on like time travel or something, you know, 
<laughs> Where did that come from? A, a totally unrelated topic. <laughs> just to see how people react. Like, yeah. Like, let's just do like a Joe Rogan episode of some sort. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's super philosophical. <laughs> Mike, the only thing better than that is to bring on a guest and tell them they're talking about one topic and then just start with, with <laughs> space travel. And like, Something what else, do you think, yeah. Jim, about space travel? He's like, whoa, I'm going to talk about options. <laughs> I'm definitely doing that on our next episode. That's yeah, hilarious. That would, yeah. I can only imagine what the reaction would be to that. I feel like their <laughs> guest might just leave. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't come back, that's for sure. They may finish strong, but they're not going to come back like we got you back here, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those, um, have you guys, this is going to make me sound really nerdy, but um, they're like puzzles where like the, usually with the puzzles, like the pictures on the box and like you go off of that, but there are puzzles where like they change the picture on the box. So you don't really know like what you're putting together. Oh, it's kind of I've one not of those. Seen those. Yeah, it's kind of oh. one of those situations. Not to brag, okay, but you just made me think of something. Okay, my daughter's four, and I don't know if this is like common, and maybe it is, and maybe I'm bragging about something that like is totally normal. But she just put together a hundred piece puzzle by herself, like with no help. A hundred pieces as as a four year old. I mean, it was on like the iPad, but like literally. <laughs> What's yeah, I looked the, at it. And that's uh, like an adult app. What's nice. the? Is there an age range on the uh, little puzzle box or whatever? Well, it's on the iPad, but it's my wife's app. Like she does them, like just mm. to kill time. So I mean, <laughs> I I was watch. I just like happened to look over, and like she was halfway through this like giant puzzle, and I'm looking at. it, and I was like, and she just started cruising through it. I'm like, what the heck? I think I don't know, man. I think she's gifted. I think every parent thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be a professional puzzle doer, dude. I can, I can tell. <laughs> she is. She is. No, I was just super proud of her, and I thought that that was crazy, but maybe all the dads are listening and be like, well, my kid did that at three, so okay. <laughs> Neat. Whatever. Jack's not going to do it until he's like 43. So, Hey, dude, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I was doing some puzzles with friends like prior to getting COVID and everything, and we've got like a thousand piece puzzle that's taken us like seven months. So, <laughs> I mean, if you if you scale that, like she's she's making pretty good. Uh, she's on good. I pace. was super impressed. I was I I felt like I would struggle with it, but I'm also a moron, so that's okay. But all right, anyways, I digress. Let's uh let's talk some dad jokes. Um, you know, because it's it's not our podcast without dad jokes, so. What do we got? Who wants to go first? Which one of you guys wants to to volunteer for tribute? I'll volunteer for tribute. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> jump in there. All right, go you, for you it. You know, well, I was just going to say, I, I, I haven't listened to every single episode, so I hope I haven't come up with one that's already been used. But hey, I don't, I don't care. So here we go. <laughs> I don't care. He says. <laughs> um, why don't they play poker in the jungle? This has not been asked yet. No, so you're, you're on a good track. I do not know what. Too many cheetahs. Oh, <laughs> I see why that one hasn't been used yet. <laughs> uh, you corny, corny mother. Uh, all right, <laughs> Mike, what do you got? Um, I'll 
I'm going to use this one because you probably have it stored in your your dad bank. Um, I'm sure you've probably seen it. It's online. I'm not using like a, or everybody that's Brooke? listening. is. It's not from Brooke. It's not. Okay. But everybody. Well, we had to get her name in our podcast anyways. You know, like we're, we're legally liable at this point. So true. True. Um, everybody that's listening has probably heard this joke already, but I'm still going to because it's funny. Okay. So. It's not really like a response type thing. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. But just just say it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's the do they allow laughing in Hawaii or is it just aloha? <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't heard that one, but that is funny. You haven't? That is pretty, oh, no, I haven't, yeah, I haven't heard that one. one. Yeah, I feel like I've one. like read a thousand dad jokes, so I'm surprised that one hasn't come across my uh, <laughs> across my in, interwebs yet. Um, mm-hmm. all right, so I got I hate this because I can never decide which one. Um, let me think here. Wow, you guys want a story or a joke? Like, a re- the last re- time response. you did a story, it was way too long. Do it just well, this one's joke. not as long, and also we cut that episode entirely, so nobody got to hear it anyways. So. Yeah, well, good because your joke's bad. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. We'll go with the, the short read and respond, you know, type of joke here. Okay. So why did the man fall into the well? Why? Because he couldn't see that well. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing way harder that with that than I should. That <laughs> yeah, you are. It's the COVID. Uh, Part of it, no, part of it was your the look on your face when you said it. <laughs> uh, too bad the listeners can't get the full experience. Yeah. They can uh-huh. on our Discord. Mm-hmm. Look at that transition. Look at that transitional plug right there. Wow. We are going to be starting a Discord uh, very soon. I don't know. I think this episode is going to get launched on Tuesday. Um, so... Like we won't have launched it by the time this comes out, but you guys should definitely keep an eye out for the Stock Dads Discord. We're gonna have a lot of super cool stuff going on. One of the cool things is that you can watch us record these episodes live, uh, and then afterwards, we're after we're done recording, we'll do Q and A sessions. So if uh, Mike and I didn't ask any of the questions that you would have wanted from Aaron, uh, we would then kind of stick around for a little bit afterwards and let you guys ask some questions in the Discord and all that kind of fun stuff too. So. Um, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, fun fact. Um, that really good question DJ asked about the FAFSA. That was a, a question from one of our mods. We're kind of uh, like testing it out right now. Um, yep. So that was from the mod. So if you really like that question, you know. Would not have gotten asked otherwise. So mm-hmm. shout out to Ricky for that question. Good job, Ricky. Is there a way to boot people when they ask a question you can't answer? Um, well, you cannot boot que- me. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Uh, no, all the questions would be asked in a chat, and then uh, we would just kind of keep talking to people and stuff. So it's a really cool feature. Cool. Uh, just one of the many awesome values that the Discord's going to bring. We're also going to have um, live alerts, uh, call outs from you know experienced professional traders, uh, crypto, forex, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to have a full video library, educational resources for beginners, intermediate, advanced, all that kind of fun stuff. And then fun fact for our uh, three in our 
three-month plan and our annual plans, we're going to have free financial planning um, meetings and a full financial plan built out for those people as well. So uh, that on top of just being in a sweet ecosystem for dads to talk about like whatever you guys want to talk about, like grilling and lawn care and uh, gaming if you're a nerd like Mike and, uh, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So <laughs> true, true. true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Um, if you guys aren't already part of the stock page or our group, uh, come join the community on Facebook that will, and will always remain free. This podcast will always be released free as well. Every Tuesday morning. Um, keep an eye out for that. Make sure to like it, subscribe it, leave us a review, follow us, all that kind of fun stuff. And then, uh, Aaron, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, 30 seconds to pitch yourself and, uh, and then we're going to be out. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys, for having me. I really enjoy the conversation. Hopefully I didn't mess up anything too badly. I'm sure your your listeners will tell me where I messed up, but um, y'all, y'all, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, 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 my business is there, True North Investments. My name again is Aaron Maybon. Uh, my website, uh, you can find us at www.tninvestmentswithans.com. Uh, any way I can help, let me know. Yep, and that'll all be in the show notes too. Yeah, you should have made investments with a Z for like oh, swagger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would have added that would have added credibility for sure. <laughs> a lot of street cred yeah, the, if you add the Z. Investments. The old, the old people. The old people would have loved it. <laughs> yeah, a Z that's true. Spelled. <laughs> what up, boy? Boys. Yeah. Uh, that's oh, uh, on that note. Very, I should probably. End. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's this is spiraling way quicker than normal. <laughs> yeah, we got to get out of here. So, all right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, if you guys have any requests uh, for future episodes, shoot them to us. Um, you can always email us at um, stockdads at gmail.com with like ideas, or you can just hit us up on our Facebook group and let us know what you guys think. But thanks for uh, all the support. We're out. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our Stock Dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't touch the thermostat.